On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. History in five songs. With host Martin Popoff. A production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin. Hello once again. Welcome back to another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff, brought to you by the good people at Pantheon Podcast. Check out all our music shows. Just Google away. Uh, there's lots and lots of great music content uh, at the uh, at the platform. And um, yeah, let's uh, let's go with this. I'm pretty proud of this episode. I think this turned out really cool. I'm calling this celebrating snare drum so this is episode 232 celebrating snare drum i named it that very specifically i didn't want to put celebrating the snare drum this isn't about uh you know tech and hardware and stuff although you know i'll mention a couple things about that um but uh no this is just a celebrating snare drum in various categories the way i do this um so why are we doing this so um this is actually really cool so you know, essentially snare drum to start off with, uh, you know, it's it's the center of a drum kit. It's the it's kind of the the most important thing. It's pervasive throughout a song. It's something that uh, you can do a lot with. You can play with brushes. You can turn the snares off. Uh, you can do rim shots. There can be grace notes. Uh, there's rudiments. So that's the other thing about snare drum is as a drummer, it's uh, it kind of brings back uh, the fondness of when you first started drums because in a lot of cases, you start with a snare drum, a drummer. Uh, you know, his first lessons, if you're going to go through formal lessons, are rudiments on a snare drum. Uh, you know, well, even before that, maybe even a drum pad or whatever, but it's kind of the first thing you get. Uh, so, you know, anytime you're doing something cool on a snare drum, it's kind of reminding you as uh, of uh, when you were a kid sort of thing. Um, so yeah, snare drum's really important uh, on an album. Uh, the other big thing about snare drum is in the in the recording space uh it's pretty much the most important thing on a drum kit drums are very challenging to uh to record you know where mic placement how many mics do you use bass drums important but snare drum is probably first so it's probably go snare drum then bass drum uh you know toms is something that's played more occasionally cymbals you know you want lots of treble you want lots of bass and all that but snare drum uh is can be recorded in, in various ways you talk about having lots of reverb on or being wet or really tight uh you can have yeah you can have a a really tight high snare drum sound or you can have you know the, the big you know that snare drum sound you can have a completely electronic sound um, what you don't want to do um, this is kind of interesting I might have mentioned this before but um, just talking with Devin Townsend we're working on um, you know I'm working on my Judas Priest panel book and he brought up something pretty interesting about um, uh, production and he was talking to a producer who said you don't want to uh, you know break that fourth wall and what what he meant by that this producer explaining this to Devin and he thought this was a cool idea as well is you don't want anything in the production uh, to distract you and uh, and um, 
caused you to be thinking about that all the time. And snare drum is a really important one that way because it's always going, right? It's always on that two and four. It's going throughout the song, right? Uh, so you've, you've got to make sure that your snare drum isn't distracting because there are, you know, famously, uh, you know, the um, the Metallica St. Anger dr- uh, snare sound is, is very distracting, right? Which brings us to a couple things about snare drum. So on that album, there's that feel that the snares are turned off sort of thing. And and when you turn off the snares on a snare drum, so the way a snare drum works, right, you've got two heads on a snare drum uh, always, uh, you know, whereas on Tom Tom, sometimes you got two heads or one head. But on snare, you have two necessarily because um, there are there are these, uh, you know, how, how many are there? Six six wires, I guess can vary, but wires underneath snares that are tightened up uh, along the bottom. So when you hit the top head, uh, the bottom, uh, th- those um, those wires bounce against the bottom snare, right? And then you've got this uh, this this tension little little knobby uh, that uh, that you tighten up, and sometimes you can have the snares partially on, so you get a get a really sort of um, you know lasting sort of snares drum or super tight on there. Of course, it matters how much you tighten the skins and stuff as well. Um, and uh, you know, you know, you've got uh, you've got the likes of a marching snare, which is about twelve inches thick. You've got a standard kit snare, orchestral snare, with six inches thick. You can have a piccolo snare, three inches uh, thick. Uh, you know, drummers talk about their snare drums the way guitarists talk about their guitars. It's the most important part of a of a set. You know, in terms of gear, that uh, again they have a nostalgic. Um, you know, attachment to uh, famous, famous snares by Ludwig or Premier or Gretsch. Less so Gretsch than, you know, Ludwig and Premier people talk about their, uh, their you know, celebrated, hallowed snares. Um, like I say, the same way you talk about guitars kind of thing. So, um, so yeah, so we're going to celebrate this in different categories. Um, I want to talk about uh, iconic snare drum intros first. So let's kick this off with our first track here. This is Gillen with I'll Rip Your Spine Out. Right, the great Mick Underwood, love this guy, um, master of the snare drum, Phil, but uh, intros as well. Uh, so this is an amazing intro. This is the first song off of their Double Trouble album. So this is the second to last album Gillen ever did. Crushingly heavy song. Love this album to death. It's got a lot of cool stuff. Again, the the typical Gillen kind of sweet and sour melodies and the demented keyboards of Colin Towns and all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, but yeah, this is a good heavy song, and here you get a, you know a classic uh, Mick Underwood sort of uh, intro. You know when when Gillen recorded, they were very dirty and boomy, and you get that in his snare drum sound. He loves the snare, right? So so he he loves doing a lot of fills with snare. Uh, but this is this is kind of you really get the uh, the taste of of what his uh, big boomy you know kind of kind of wet reverby snare drum sound sounds like i almost went with my other favorite iconic snare drum in well there's two right um another big iconic snare drum intro is uh cozy powell on lost in hollywood from down to earth uh to me that that intro to lost in hollywood is literally my favorite playing by cozy although you know you might go with uh, the intro to stargazer as well um 
But uh, yeah, he likes his snare as well, and that's a, that's a beautiful sort of uh, you know very rapid single stroke roll uh, sort of intro to that. Uh, Max Webster O War has a great uh, kind of a military because it's a war song, um, so there's a great sort of military snare uh, sound going on there with the uh, the great the legendary. Um, Gary McCracken, um, Rush, One Little Victory. So Neil Peart here, uh, this is kind of like a combinated, uh, complicated, weird, loopy beat, non-obvious sort of beat. It kicks off the album. You know, this is like the Neil is back on Vapor Trails. So so Neil gets kind of a solo to kick off the album and Snare is very integral to that. Um, you've got The Clash with Tommy Gunn, our band, Torque in 1984, 83, whenever that was, played that song. And, uh, and that has the... Um, you know, the big snappy, uh, you know, sort of intro, uh, more of like a punk rock uh, snare drum intro there. Uh, speaking of punk, punk rock, Boomtown Rats, looking out for number one, has the uh, has the rapid fire, almost like pre-hardcore uh, punk, uh, fast single stroke roll. Um, Rush, Jacob's Ladder, you got the military stuff going on there, countdown, same kind of thing, camera eyes, so... Here's Neil uh, going back to his roots, going back to his fondness for uh, rudiments. Um, so, so doing that kind of thing. The other super iconic um, uh, snare intro is Led Zeppelin Rock and Roll, right? With that extra weird little uncomfortable beat in there before the song kicks in. Always trips trips people up. Drummers, well, it, it's it's the drummer's responsibility, I guess. But so yeah, drummers especially. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm sure it's uh it's tripping up who's got to who's got to jump in. It's like where do I jump in with this thing? Because it's got that weird little extra half little uh, little pause beat sort of thing in it. Uh, vibrators, automatic lover, and petrol both have that same looking out for number one sort of. A, well, actually no, they're two different ones there. Actually, one's more of a Tommy gun, one's more of Boomtown Rats there. But yeah, another uh, intro. Another one that's kind of similar to I'll Rip Your Spine Out is the uh, Angel Can You Feel It, the great Barry Brandt, right? Um, you know, he's he's uh, sadly wasn't able to drum in recent years. He's, he's kind of arthritic, right? Um, but... Um, yeah, that's a great big, you know, this is uh, this is on, from On Earth As It Is In Heaven. It's recorded by Eddie Kramer, and he tends to quite often have big, noisy drum sounds, and this is a big, noisy drum sound. Again, it reminds you of the I'll Rip Your Spine Out uh, situation. Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Give It Away, the intro to that. Plus, it's got fills, and it's got, there's, this is another example. If you go listen to Red Hot Chili Peppers, um, Give It Away, you, you get an example of what a high, tight snare drum sounds like. Um, Motorhead Snakebite Love, um, you know, you've got, uh, you, yeah, you've got kind of this is a uh, same sort of thing that you get from, um, Mickey D is very, uh, he's, he definitely loves using his snare a lot. There's a lot of cool snare combinations. Uh, Offspring Nitro, um, this is a, a long single stroke uh, roll thing again. Um, some of these examples, the Motorhead and Offspring, I want to thank Mick Phelan for coming up with with some of these. Um, you know, I, I had asked him the question. He brought up a few that I kind of had to go and play and see and see why and where, what category I'm going to put them in. Uh, so that's pretty cool. So thanks to Mick Phelan for those two. Um, Metallica, The Struggle Within was also suggested by by Mick and this has the marching snare drum intro so the same sort of uh, conservative kind of like um, you know military sort of thing uh, also don't tread on me uh, snare and Tom's combination master of puppets you know I almost went with a whole category 
uh, of Lars Ulrich because uh, he loves his snare fills, right? He he really does a lot of his fills on snare. It's, it's almost too much. I mean, you listen to 72 seasons, same kind of thing, right? Uh, but yeah, Master of Puppets, that first intro fill is a is a really cool rapid fire snare thing. But now he's 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 gone more for the slower single stroke roll uh, snare thing. And it's almost to the point of distraction because it is very snappy and high in the mix sort of thing. Um, Nazareth Silver Dollar Forger um, kind of has that same sort of thing. Um you know, this is an interesting one uh, for snare because what you have going on with Silver Dollar Forger is you have um, when he, when uh, when uh, the great Dan McCafferty is singing, uh, the beat kind of uh, straightens out and it's a more regular beat. But it's got this intro thing, which is more of like a, like a marching pattern where he's uh, he's playing snare on on every beat to go go along with it. Sort of like a, not shuffle, but because this is very regimented, but it's actually used in shuffle a lot that way. Um, anyways, let's take a short break. We'll be right back. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make, and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well, I could make a run to the store, or I could make one of my new factor meals. <laughs> Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything Factor Meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor Meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash Pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash Pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain again with something every podcast listener and music junkie needs to hear. As I'm sure you can guess, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I also listen to a lot of music, so having high-quality headphones and earbuds are absolutely critical to my day. Oh, and I have numerous pairs. In fact, I have a junk drawer of used devices that have bitten the dust, so I've tried them all. Recently, I was sent a pair of earbuds by Raycon, and the first thing I noticed was the cost. Uh, looks like their products are about half the price of other premium brands. Okay, that's cool. And the reviews seem pretty stellar. Okay, checks that box. So I got my Raycon Everyday Earbuds, a nice packaging to open, and what I immediately noticed were the pack of ear tips for sizing. Uh, I'll tell you, I have small ear canals. Uh, I know, a flaw. So to see choices for the best fit, uh, especially while exercising, <laughs> oh yeah. And yes, they were immediately comfortable. Sound quality was great too. Plus I have three EQ options that I love because I like more bass in my music and less in the podcasts. Eight hours of playtime for the battery is great as well. Surround sound, noise canceling, and awareness mode all included. I think I'm in business, and I just realized I've had them in all day. Like I said, super comfortable. Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order 
plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash Pantheon. American Criminal is a new true crime podcast from the studio behind American Scandal and American History Tellers. Every week, you'll fall deeper into the riveting stories of the country's most clever, craven, and cruel criminals. Fraud, theft, murder, and worse. Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the whole story until now. The debut season tackles one of the most sensational cases of the 20th century, the Menendez murders. In 1989, young Lyle and Eric Menendez brutally shot their own parents. Prosecutors and the press said it was a multi-million dollar inheritance that led two greedy rich kids to murder. But the picture-perfect facade this Hollywood family built hid troubling abuse. Could these teenagers have been driven to kill? Or was it even in self-defense? Listen now. Go to AmericanCriminal.com or search for and follow American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. All right, back again here. Episode 232, Celebrating Snare Drum, History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff. Let's take a listen to our second track here, and and we shall discuss. This is Led Zeppelin with Poor Tom. All right. Love this song. This is one that goes through my head all the time. And as a drummer, you're always tapping out songs all the time when you're idle, you know, on your desk or whatever with your pen or your fingers or whatever. But poor Tom is one of those because this is so the category here is uh, snare beat. Uh, This is literally where, um, you know, snare is a big part of the beat, the skeleton of the song. And poor Tom is a great example of that. Uh, This is is on Coda, right? So this was not on any official uh, Led Zeppelin album before the the compilation. but yeah, the whole thing is, um, you know, there there is there is bass drum going along with it as well. But the whole thing is kind of like a like a really cool military snare beat. Um, that's actually it, it's a little tricky to keep super smooth and super groovy, right? But of course, John Bonham can do anything, right? Um, but in this department as well. There's a history of the, uh, you know, the golden earring radar love beat. So so that's uh, that's sort of your. Um, your military snare beat uh, carrying the whole thing, uh, and then that's picked up again. There, there's sort of like a, a lineage of that to uh, to something like a Motley Crue "Kickstart My Heart," uh, and in between a a sweet ballroom blitz as well. Uh, sort of thing. Actually, that's kind of around the same time as Radar Love, isn't it? Uh, but anyways, Ballroom Blitz, uh, you know, that's one you can picture in your head. That's a that's a total. Uh, you know, y- you hear basically um, just a nice groovy rolling single stroke roll from Mick Tucker there. Um, and then, and then Mick, uh, does it kind of again with, uh, with action. You get, um, you get just a, a really nice sort of grace notey sort of beat from Mick on action, which celebrates the snare as well. Uh, and then a part of this lineage again, um, all of this radar love kickstart my heart ballroom blitz, uh, you get it again with kiss you wanted the best, right? So that's the same sort of thing where you're, you know, it's basically the ballroom blitz beat uh, in there. So snare is very important. Uh, XTC, here comes President Kill again. Here we've got, um, 
you know, it's a, it's a, it's it's a kind of like a big anti-war politics song. So you get you get a military beat in that one. Baby's too far gone is part of the lineage of this snare beat thing too. Uh, here, our band played this one as well. Oddly enough, yeah, subtle grace notes here, snare march shuffle. So you get a little bit of a shuffle feel. It's a little bit tough to do if you want. See, these beats are a little tough to do if you if you actually want to play a lot of snare drum on them. But if you smooth it out and and go to the straight beat, which again something similar you can hear uh this graphically in nazareth silver dollar forger you hear the difference between the two uh you know in in succession sort of thing so that's a good one to check this out uh the damned stretcher case so there you got a, a constant single stroke roll going on there uh driving the whole thing um so there you go that category was uh snare as as literally uh you know a massive almost like a fourth wall breaking part of the of the song because you are really attracted uh to what's going on snare because it is busy snare it might be straightforward snare but it's pervasive and always snare um all right let's go on to our next selection here this is judas priest with heading out to the highway All right, so this is what actually inspired this episode. Talking with the great Stephen Reed for uh, for my uh, Judas Priest panel book that I'm working on. Um, I love this explanation. This is actually a you can't unhear that in a good way, right? Remember, we just did that episode, which is you can't unhear that uh, and mostly in a bad way. Um, but he made this, uh, this really cool... Um, uh, you know, point about, I, hopefully I didn't bring, I mean, maybe I brought this up again in a previous episode already, because uh, I was so excited about hearing this. I thought this was really cool. Um, so he said a cool thing about Dave Holland, especially on uh, the Point of Entry album, is you hear him doing these simple snare fills, right? And, uh, and I thought, yeah, you're right. There are a lot of those, right? And he says, uh, you know, when you do a fill, you got to do it like you mean it, right? And and I thought, um, you know, Dave Holland definitely does that here. It's almost like he's Dave Holland is drumming along and he says, I've got something to shout about. I got something I want to say. I'm excited about this song. I'm excited about the transition into the chorus or whatever. And you hear that on uh, the iconic heading out to the highway. You know, I think, I think this is almost like the most magical version of that. But basically, it's through out the album so tom allen gets him a, him a nice you know strong snappy snare sound and uh, dave keeps it simple uh, there's not a lot of toms like i say it's mostly snare and it's mostly very simple snare and he starts those fills further back uh from from what you know the music is transitioning into and it just sounds again like steven says so eloquently uh it's it's like he means it right he's playing a fill like he means it like it really has to be there like i want to i want to make my voice heard because i'm excited about this band that i'm in kind of thing so i thought that was kind of cool um Gill and mr universe now at 516 now there's a little bit of toms to this too but um when I thought of this episode and I, I think of like one some of my favorite snare parts, that song is an absolute masterpiece on that second Gillen album, Mr. Universe. It's their big epic, right? Um, 
But uh, what Mick Underwood does on that, um, yeah, he's he's got this this just amazing wind up, big wind up snare fill sort of thing. It's one of the most magic moments in music for me. Um, yeah, so so it's around the five sixteen mark. Check that out. Uh, but he also does um, a lot of fills on on Message in a Bottle, Born to Kill, even has like a like a section, like almost like it's him in a break section. Um, doing um you know some some busy snare work so like i said he likes the snare and it sounds really uh spacious and roomy uh when he does it uh another iconic uh so this category of this uh this one uh is fills basically right um Another big iconic uh, snare fill kind of situation is Cheap Trick Surrender, where Bunny Carlos winds up way ahead of time, and they're and they're basically really simple. Um, but again, you you it's musical, right? You really feel the musicality of those snare fills, even though they're sort of simple. Um, Husker Du is is a, is a band that has a distracting snare sound, and there's also a lot of snare in what they do. Um, uh, Pearl Jam Alive. This is one that Mick mentioned, and uh, he also mentioned King Diamond Abigail and I went and listened to them. Uh, I never would have pulled those two songs out um, to think about snare, but he does make a point that even though some of those snare fills are kind of short, uh, there's definitely, uh, you know, smart and thoughtful use of snare uh, in both of those songs. Um, and uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival, Fortunate Son, Mick brought this up as well. And again, um, this is an example uh, wh- I guess what I felt when I listened to that song again is that this is an example of a drummer who who wants to um, who who spends who spends more of of uh, of fill time on snare. Now this brings up a good point because most of the time a fill starts on the snare, right? So uh, you know you can a standard fill uh, you know starts on the snare a couple beats there and then maybe a cup couple of toms maybe you know the two rack toms or or one of the rack toms down to the floor tom hit a cymbal and bass drum at the same time boom you're done right um, so um, the interesting thing with a lot of these drummers and a lot of these things I'm bringing up is that they like the snare right so so essentially what they'll do is they'll take a, a little more of that bar space no matter how long they're doing it and they'll just spend more time on the snare rather than hit the toms or maybe not hit any toms at all Phil Rudd can be a little bit like this too right where uh, if there's any fills at all in ACDC um, they're usually mostly snare um, you don't hear a lot of toms in ACDC um, so, uh, you know, as opposed to a Neil Peart or, well, Neil, Neil loves snare too. I mean, there's a lot of snare. Neil just loves a lot of everything drums. But, you know, I, I think of Neil Peart and the big tune toms and Gary McCracken from Max Webster and how you, you really, you know, remember that the, the fact that they have a lot of toms and they're beautifully tuned and all that sort of thing. Um, so you don't, you don't feel that in ACDC kind of thing. So, so yeah, a lot of these drummers, again, the idea is that uh, they like snare so much that they will fill up most of their fill with, uh, with snare. So they'll start on snare but they'll stay on snare longer than another drummer might sort of thing right um mick pointed out foo fighters hey johnny park uh one uh you know after the double bass part um at, at, you know when things pick up there's some there's some real sort of uh you know a lot of snare from lars in that uh queen dragon attack there's a really cool snare fill in there as well um so there you go let's move on to our fourth selection this is you two with sunday bloody sunday <laughs>
Okay, so the category here is uh, snare parts as integral to the beat. Maybe they aren't the whole beat, but they're kind of integral to the beat. So Sunday Bloody Sunday is almost set up as a um, as kind of a marching pattern that uses uh, the whole kit. Not so much toms, but you know, bass drum and hi hat and snare. Uh, but snare is really integral to it, so it feels like a marching beat on a kit. But snare is super important to it. Uh, Achilles Last Stand is an interesting one. There's there's two or three different parts where the snare is a uh, really integral to it. You know the uh, da da. There's that, and then there's the. I think I got that roughly right. Um, so yeah, there's a there's a few parts in there. Led Zeppelin, John Bonham is 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 good at this. We could probably do a whole study on Zeppelin with this. But yeah, Achilles' Last Stand has some licks, essentially some snare licks that that go in as part of the structure of the song. Blueish to Cult Veteran of the Psychic Wars has that part with the where Albert does the military. We've been living on a and you know that part is all a military snare sort of thing. So that's integral to the song. Vibrators destroy. I don't know why I was thinking of the vibrators here because you know when I do these episodes I'll, I'll I'll like pull something up on Spotify and then I'll check a bunch of the songs sort of thing so destroy is kind of like that that one goes you know and and that's a repeating recurring pattern so snare is important to that one uh, Mick brought up death overactive imagination yeah this is an interesting one where there's there's um you know, it's integral to the beat, and there's also a lot of interesting snare fills. So there's a preponderance of snare there. And then Rush the Weapon is an interesting one because it actually reminds me of Sunday Bloody Sunday. So it has, uh, Neil Peart does uh, a beat there where, again, um, you're distracted by, you know, the awkward stabs of snare in it, uh, which is kind of similar to Sunday Bloody Sunday. Um and plus, there's a lot of fills there, a lot of snare fills. Uh, Motorhead 1916 with the simple thud in the marching beat uh, situation there, which, you know, frankly, that song sounds like something from the final cut. And bringing up Pink Floyd, uh, you know, it's uh, Bring the Boys Back Home from the Wall, which is a straight military beat on a song because it's basically a a wartime, you know, a World War II sort of song, right? Uh, so that's straight military beat. Uh, Mastodon, Colony of Birchman, there's a lot of snare a lot of grace notes in here this is another one that mick brought up kind of interesting a robert plant anniversary so once this song gets going it's almost like a bring the boys back home because the whole thing is uh is very epic and languid uh, military snare. Uh, Angel White Lightning. I thought I'd throw this one in here just because I was there, you know, listening to Can You Feel It? But there's a lot of um, there's a lot of snare work that seems to be a big part of the beat in that song as well. All right, let's move on to our last category here. The category is Brian Downey um, because I wanted to celebrate him uh, because uh, I basically feel he's uh, the master, the most beautiful snare sound. Take a listen to this. This is Thin Lizzie with Massacre. At a point below zero, there's no place left to go. 600 unknown heroes will kill like sleeping buffalo. All right, from the great Johnny the Fox album, 1976. The band had two albums in 76, Jailbreak as well, earlier in the year. But I wanted to play this one uh, because you really get an idea of the gorgeous snare sound he gets, the gorgeous grace notes that he plays, uh, the busyness of snare, the love of snare, uh, snare and fills. I don't know if I got that all in my 30-second clip, but anyways, uh, it's all there. Um, 
you know, other places to listen to Brian for, for great snare. Uh, Soldier of Fortune has like a break section where he does straight military snare because again, like three or four other songs I mentioned here, um, there's a, a reminder of it being like a military song, right? Um, Bad Reputation. Uh, there is lots and lots of snare in that. Um, uh, but, you know, you hear hear great toms as well, but beautiful snare work and beautiful snare sound. Uh, Phil start on snare, and they, they can be rapid fire. And there's the turn yourself around part where you get lots and lots of, like, rapid fire machine gun snare in there. Boogie Woogie Dance, same thing. Um, you get a lot of snare. So back to the Johnny the Fox album, a lot of Grace Note stuff. Um Black Rose, 1979, you get that, that hoedown jam part where they're doing all the different Irish songs, but there's a part there where he's doing just rapid fire single stroke roll stuff, you know, for the big kitchen party section of that song. Um, in terms of intros, you can hear, you know, beautiful, beautiful snare sound and uh, snare being an important part of it on Johnny the Fox meets Jimmy the Weed. Um, Chinatown as well. When when that gets going, you hear you hear the fade in snare, the single stroke roll. Again, I always associate that with a kind of a little bit with hardcore music, right? Um, but um, well, actually, more more the more the rolling, rumbling white uh, wipeout sort of snare, um, uh, you know, c- kind of beat. Although I think on wipeout, isn't that on toms? Anyways. Um, but uh, but that thing I, I associate with like UK hardcore and whatnot, right? Uh, but yeah, Chinatown does the the straight you know coming in thing. Um, integral to the song as well. Johnny has uh, you know uh, parts where snare is used for punctuation uh, and great fills on there. And the pressure will blow, which um, I played on maybe the last episode or the one before when we were doing the shadow thing, looking at breaks and stuff. Interesting thing about this one is. Uh, he's doing that thing where, um, when even when Phil's singing, uh, you you hear uh, you hear kind of the shuffling constant snare, almost like the radar love kickstart my heart ballroom blitz thing going on on pressure will blow. So you hear these soft grace notes. It's kind of hard to tell. You know, it's it's so beautifully done and so groovy and so effortless. Even though it is hard to do that. Um, He's uh, he's basically it's hard to do because you you are hitting a skin and uh, and how softly can you do that? That's the whole idea of grace notes. Right. Um, So, yeah, you're hearing that throughout um, and you're also hearing a little bit of that shuffle feel and that challenging, you know, how much how much snare am am I adding to this and how much am I spending time on a standard beat with a hi-hat? You hear a little bit of that on that same album on Leave This Town. you know, uh, snare can be uh, used to distracting quality uh, on um, uh, when you have the one and three beat sort of thing, which is kind of what I call what you get in Thin Lizzy. This is the one, right? Where you're where where the snare whacks are are you know one and three, tee, 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 rather than the groovy pocket version, the two and four version. So that's that's a way uh, snare as well. Um, that are, are a way that snare can be distracting as well. Uh, you get amazing, amazing fills. I mean, sticking with the Renegade album, which is, you know, my favorite Thin Lizzy album, pretty much. Um, Angel of Death, Fats, and Mexican Blood, three very different songs from each other. But again, beautiful, beautiful use of snare and gorgeous, gorgeous recording of snare you get there of Chris Tangerides. Uh, Jailbreak, that first fill on Jailbreak. Um, so yeah, you can tell that Brian Downey loves the snare and again, on a, a standard fill that starts on snare and goes to the toms, he, he 
often will stay longer on the snare than than other drummers, which I thought was good. So uh, so there you go. Um, that is episode uh, two thirty two, celebrating snare drum. What was what else was I going to call this? I was going to call it love that snare drum and the romance of the snare drum and all this sort of stuff. But no, I I think that captures uh, this whole thing well. If you like this show and want to support future episodes, please go to kofi.com slash Martin Popoff. Hit that red support button and buy me a coffee or pint. It's this little three dollar PayPal thing, which I really appreciate. And on that front, I want to thank this week Joe Beck, Andy at Black Sugar Transmission. Justin Griffin, Peter Kerr, Mikolaj Lazinski, Augustin Garcia de Pretti, Steve Polari, Brian Sager, and John Stuckey. Thank you all very much. Um, for my books, you can go to martinpopoff.com. I've got the new Kiss at 50 books, still got the David Bowie at 75. Um, the Who, the ACDC, got to order more of that. Uh, the Bluish Chicago panel book is still doing well. Um, but yeah, all that's over at uh, martinpopoff.com. Uh, you know what? Uh, for your homework, let's go right back to the first track I played here. Go play that Gillen Double Trouble album. Man, what a great album. Celebrate the great Mick Underwood. Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at www pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at the RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNR Archaeology. Tweet us at RNR Archaeology. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship. The studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.